Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Say, want a brand new breakfast idea? Then get the Betty Crocker cereal tray, the Betty Crocker cereal tray. Yes, indeed. Try the brand new cereal assortment with ten individual packages in all. Four Wheaties, four Cheerios, two Kicks. All top favorites and all extra fresh. Yes, it's fun to take your pick from Wheaties, Cheerios, and Kicks. Get the Betty Crocker cereal tray, the Betty Crocker cereal tray. Get that tray today. And now, the Betty Crocker Cereal Tray presents... The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful bullet Keto, Brett Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Brett Reed in the thrilling adventure of The Funeral Spray. All right, gang, let's give three cheers. Yes, sir. Three cheers for three top favorites. Cheerios, Wheaties, and Kicks. Each in the Betty Crocker cereal tray. Ten separate individual packages of your three top favorite cereals, all in one handy carton. You can take your choice right at the table. Cheerios one morning, Wheaties the next, and Kicks the next. It's fun. You always open a fresh package. Try it. Get the Betty Crocker cereal tray. Britt Reed's private secretary, and one of the few people to know that the young publisher was also the Green Hornet, pointed an accusing finger at Michael Axford in the city room of the Daily Sentinel. It's a shame, Michael. I agree with you, Casey. The state spent thousands of dollars to put that hoodlum in jail. He was sentenced to 20 years, and in less than three, he's out. It's just a little more than three. Well, it doesn't matter. It's disgraceful. Oh, well, there's nothing to be done now. That isn't the right attitude. And what course of action would you suggest? Well, for one thing, the Sentinel can keep public opinion stirred up. Well, for how long? If Raggio lays low, the people will forget about him. We shouldn't let them. Oh, that is, some of the people will forget about him. There's some who can't. There's some who won't have a minute of peace now that Braggio's free. I don't care about his gangster enemies. I'm not talking about them. There's others. For instance, there was a little woman who came into police headquarters just after the news of his release hit the headlines. Who was she? Her name was Roberts, Amy Roberts. Nice little thing. It was her husband, Ted Roberts, who was the key witness for the state when Braggio was sent up. Was he a member of the gang? He was not, and he is not. He's a decent young architect that only got involved by accident. But he had the nerve to do his duty as a citizen and testify against Braggio. 
And now his wife is afraid that Braja will try and get even. Ah, uh, she is that. She was asking the police for protection. Well, they'll give it to her, won't they, Michael? Uh, they will. Though there's probably no need for it. How can you say that? I'm thinking that Ted Roberts is no real danger. Braggio's mean, but he's smart, too. He'll get even just by destroying the young people's peace of mind. How? Well, different ways. Now, Mrs. Roberts had an anonymous phone call. There was some mug at the other end who said, We want you to be the first to know that Johnny's out. That's all. But it put Mrs. Roberts in a dither. Well, I should think it would. I felt sorry for her. So do I. You know, Michael, I'd like to meet her. What for, Casey? Well, I think there should be a story about the Roberts in the Sentinel. A phone call like that isn't news. You can't even come out and say it was a threat. You can imply it. Uh, where do the Roberts live? Well, I can find out from Burke. Will you do that, Michael? And will you come with me to see them this evening? Oh, that I will, Casey. Even if we can't do much for the young people, it'll be something for them to know folks are on their side. appreciate your interest in us, but I don't know whether I like the idea of anything about us appearing in the Sentinel. There's nothing wrong with it, honey. Ted, we're quiet, ordinary people. Why can't we live quiet, ordinary lives? We can and we will. Just the same, there's no sense in hiding our heads in the sand. I agree with your husband, Mrs. Roberts. He tells me not to worry, and then he says something like that. Ted, you practically admit Joe's only trying to get your goat. You honestly believe me. I do? It was Ted who sent him to prison, and this afternoon... Now, now, dear. <laughs> oh, Ted, I can't talk about it calmly, as if it didn't mean anything at all. But don't you see, Amy, if he really meant to do anything, he wouldn't telegraph his punches that way. What happened this afternoon? Some flowers were sent here, that's all. That isn't all. Flowers? Well, I don't understand. I'll that. tell you exactly how it happened. I'll show you how it happened. I still have them out in the kitchen. We kept them to show to the police. Excuse me. Mr. Robert, did your wife mean that Brajo sent some flowers here? There's no way of telling who sent them. There was no name on the box, and there was nothing inside. A special messenger brought them. They'd gone before Amy realized what it was... Here. Here's the box. This is just the way it was handed to me. It's a big one, isn't it? Yes. Go on, Miss Case. You open it. Very well. Why, the... We're suffering snakes. This is a funeral spray. The next morning, Lenore Case laid her story on Britt Reed's desk and watched him as he read it. When he had finished... Well, Mr. Reed? I'm sorry, Miss Case. Is it libelous? With a capital lib. I was afraid it would be. I just couldn't control my choice of words. The Sentinels always fought Brazio, but if we ran this, it would put us on the defensive. He'd sue for sure. Yes, yes, I know. Still, it seems to me that destroying a person's peace of mind is just as much a crime as murder. There must be something we can do. Not and stay within the letter of the law. Is that absolutely necessary, Mr. Reed? What are you suggesting? Nothing, that. I wish you could have talked with Ted and Amy Roberts, though. Two nice, decent young people. Ted had spunk enough to risk his security for the sake of everyone in this town. He hasn't lost any of his courage, but his wife's frightened, and 
He's worried for her sake. It isn't fair. No, it isn't. Well? Lenore, the commissioner's burned up about this parole, too. Off the record, he's called Dean a crook. He believes the head of the parole board took a bribe? Off the record. Well, so do I. The governor should remove him. He won't without some proof. Mr. Reed, if Brazio were to break his parole, then at least Dean would be convicted of bad judgment. The governor might take some action and then... And how can Brazio be persuaded to cooperate? Well, Michael says that associating with known hoodlums would constitute a parole violation. It would. is going to do that sooner or later. Couldn't it... Couldn't it be sooner? I've been considering the possibility. You have? Very seriously. Let's suppose that Brodgill were to get mixed up with, well, shall we say, the Green Hornet. Oh, I wouldn't want that to happen. Why not? Well, I mean, I, I don't want the Green Hornet to be caught associating with Brodgill. Neither do I. But the idea has possibilities. I have a conference with Commissioner Higgins this afternoon. He might be persuaded to lend a helping hand. At three o'clock that afternoon, Britt Reed was seated in Commissioner Higgins' soundproof office at police headquarters. The commissioner had given orders that he was not to be disturbed. Now, what's on your mind, Britt? Sonny Edgar. Sonny Edgar? I thought it was something to do with Brazio. Edgar's a member of his gang, isn't he? He's in jail. Comes up for trial next week, and we're certain of a conviction. What's the use of convicting him, Commissioner Higgins? He'll only be paroled. We have to keep trying, Britt. We may be able to get rid of Dean before he has a chance to do any more dirty work. Wouldn't it be a good idea for Dean and Edgar to meet? What are you talking about? Well, they'll meet eventually. Why not arrange for it tonight? That type of humor doesn't appeal to me, Britt. I'm not saying you haven't a right to be bitter, but you must realize that what's happened isn't our fault. Commissioner Higgins, Dean is at his home here in town. Is he? I checked. Came down from the Capitol yesterday. Well, what of it? Suppose he paid a call on Brazio this evening. He wouldn't. And suppose Edgar paid a call on him at the same time. Edgar's in jail. What would the police do if they walked in and found the three of them together? The police can't simply walk in any place they care to him. The three of them together. Yes. You like the idea? Oh, it's impossible. It might be arranged. I don't see how. Shall I explain? Definitely no. Dean go to see Braccio? That's only a possibility. But if you were to have Edgar brought over from the jail to this office at 10 o'clock tonight, well, let's see, that's about a block and a half along a dark side street. Something might happen. It's impossible. Actually, if, if he were to get away, you'd have men on his trail immediately, and he'd be brought back. He wouldn't go to Braggio's. He would, if he didn't have a choice. I can't agree to anything like that, Britt. Of course not. It's too dangerous, even for the Green Hornet. Sonny Edgar's a killer. He wouldn't be armed, and I think he'd like the idea of escaping. The guards would be armed. Would the guards have to be plural? Hmm. Ten o'clock. Yes. It would be nice if Dean were there, too. Yes, Commissioner Higgins. 
wouldn't it? At 9 o'clock that evening, Britt Reed telephoned Miss Case. Cato, is the car ready? All ready, Mr. Britt. Hello? It's all set, Miss Case, for 10 o'clock. Well, good. But you'll go to Dean's place first? We're leaving for there right away. Well, Axford and I'll be out in front in 15 minutes. He's on his way from the Sentinel now to pick me up. I hope I'll be leaving by the back way in 15 minutes. Uh, you haven't told Axford anything? Just that I want to try and get an interview with Dean. Uh, that's fine. If he accepted a bribe from Brajo, it must have been given to him in cash. He wouldn't take a chance on depositing the money, so he may either have it on him or in the house. You'll take it? Temporarily. I want to give him the idea that Brajo has double-crossed him. And if Dean leaves the house, we follow him. That's right. Goodbye, Miss Case. Good luck. Let's go, Cato. Fifteen minutes later, the black beauty was waiting silently in the rear of Everett Dean's home, and Britt, wearing the mask of the Green Hornet, was entering the house through one of the rear windows. Beyond the kitchen, he found a large center hall. A streak of light could be seen beneath the closed door of the study. Good evening, Dean. What? Are you a mask? You're the Green Hornet. Correct. You seem to be alone. Were you expecting me? No, I'm not alone. There are servants upstairs. Uh, don't they approve of lights? I'm not alone. You're alone in this room. What do you want? I've come for the money. What money? Don't stall. You wouldn't deposit it. And if you put it in your safe deposit box... Yes, yes, that's where it is. That would mean I'd have to call again. Open your safe. No. Hurry up. All right. All right, don't shoot Hurry. I can't waste any time here. There. It's open. And we'll see what's inside. Why did you try to lie, Dean? This is the envelope I want. It's all here. $5,000. You can't get away with this. Did you really expect to keep the money long? Roger's free now. What? He sends you here? You can congratulate him for me on settling two debts for the price of one. Why, that miserable double-crossing... David. The next time you see him, just say thanks from the Green Hornet. We'll continue our story in just a moment. Ever wonder why the cereals in the Betty Crocker cereal tray always taste so extra fresh and crisp? Why they seem to have an extra brisk edge of flavor? Well, there's a mighty good reason for that super fresh cereal tray flavor. Two reasons, in fact. First, the ten separate packages of Cheerios, Wheaties, and Kicks in the Betty Crocker cereal tray each come in special flavor-protecting packages. From tip to top, the outside of each package is bathed in wax a treatment which helps guard against air and dampness. This flavor-saving wax coat is a special heavy one, too. In fact, if you scratch the surface of the packages with your fingernail, you'll be amazed at how extra heavy this protective wax coat is. It really does the trick. Now, the second reason for the cereal tray's extra keen flavor is this. 
Each of the individual packages holds just enough for one good-sized serving. That means your breakfast cereal remains sealed in its wax-guarded package until the very moment you sit down to eat it. Each morning, you open a fresh, new package. Each morning, you enjoy a breakfast cereal at its crispiest, freshest, most flavorful best. Remember, there are ten separate individual packages of those three top favorites, Cheerios, Wheaties, and Kicks in every Betty Crocker cereal tray. Each member of the family has the fun of choosing the cereal he wants for breakfast. Each opens his own fresh, new package. Ask your mom to get the Betty Crocker cereal tray and enjoy extra keen flavor every single morning. And now to continue our story. Michael Axford picked Lenore Case up in front of her apartment house. And together they started for Everett Dean's home. It was 9.15 when they turned into his street. This is going to be a wild goose chase, Casey. You think so, Michael? He won't make any statement to you. He may. You're sort of new at this reporting game. When you get to be an old hand like me, you'll realize that sometimes politicians like to talk. And that sometimes they make a clam seem talkative by comparison. It's one of those times for Dean. I suppose so. You have any campaign mapped out? Well, I want to tell him about the Roberts. What good will that do? Surely you're not expecting any sympathy from him. No, no, just a reaction. Holy crow, what was that? Uh, what did you hear? I thought I heard that harness car. Really? I guess not. Uh, that's Dean's house on the corner. Okay, Casey. You want me to come in with you? Of course, but, well, let's wait here for a minute. I, I want to figure out exactly what I'm going to say. Hey. Oh, what's the matter? Somebody's coming out of that house. Isn't that Dean himself? That it is. Too bad, Casey. Your bird has flown. Well, he's getting into his car. Uh, can't we follow him, Michael? Well, what for? Well, we think he might have taken a bribe. It would be interesting to find out where he goes and what he does. There's no telling where it might lead. Let's go. Follow him. his car up in the next block? It is. Well, can't we stay a little closer? No, Casey, we can't. Michael, he's stopping. We keep out of the corner and stop in front of the drugstore, as if we were going in for some cigarettes. He's going into that house with all the shrubbery around him. Well, talk about beginner's luck. What? Your hunch has paid off, Casey. It has? That house belongs to Johnny Braggio. Really? Now, you'd better let me direct operations from now on. Are we going after Dean? What would be the use of that? What would be the use of trying? No, indeed. We wait for him to come out. And then we stop him and try and get a statement. Who cares about a statement? We've got to get a picture of him coming out of Braggio's house. I went to the star with you. Call Gunnigan and have him send Lowry out here in the double. Right. I'll hold the fort. You won't have to explain the slant to Gunnigan. He'll get it. Just put your call through in a hurry. Gunnigan, this is Lenore Case. Yes? Axford and I followed Dean to Johnny Braggio's house. Braggio's house? That's right. We want a picture of him coming out. Will you send a man right away? It's the corner of 4th and Vineland. I can't send a man. Well, you must. I haven't got one. But Gunnigan... Now, listen. Johnny 
Just a few minutes ago, we got a flash from headquarters that the Green Hornet was captured trying to help Sonny Edgar make a getaway. Oh, no. What? Uh, I, I said, is that so? No, it isn't so. The report was a phony. Both the Hornet and Edgar got away. Oh. The dragnet's out, and we've got every man on the story. Well, this story's important, too. There are no photographers here, Casey. Oh, send Curly. The copy boy? He has a good camera. He'll do. Send him and tell him to make it as fast as he can. All right, all right. But you and Axford report back here as soon as you finish. We will. Michael. Casey, I've just been listening to the radio. There was a news flash. I know. Gunnigan just told me. Sonny Edgar's escaped. With the Green Hornet. That's the important part. Yes, it now, is. I can't stay here. I've got to get down to headquarters. Oh, shut the door. I've got to get in on this manhunt. But my Please, Casey. Oh, all right. The minutes dragged as Lenore Case waited in the shadow of the trees and shrubbery in front of Johnny Braggio's house. 10.15. Of course, Britt couldn't come here directly. But with every radio car in the city after him, will he be able to get here at all? An old coupe drove up and stopped behind Dean's car. A man stepped out. Is that you, Curly? No. What? Why, it's Ted Roberts. That's right. Who are you? Lenore Case from the Daily Sentinel. Of course. What are you doing here? Well, I, I'm working on a story. And you? Maybe I can add something to your story. I'm going in there and have a showdown with Braggio. Oh, no, Ted, you can't. I've made up my mind. The only thing to do is face him and get it over with. Not now, Ted. Think it over. Come back tomorrow night if you must. There was another funeral spray this afternoon, Miss Case. See, I brought it with me. I've got to do something about it or Amy's going to end up in a hospital. Will you believe me if I tell you that tomorrow everything will be all right? No, Miss Case. I have to make sure of that for myself. I'm going in. Ted, please. Brasio? Yeah. I've got a package for you. Okay, hand it over. Mind if I come in? Hey, what's the idea? Here. This box is for you. Listen, punk. Take it. Why? Go on, open it up. They're flowers. You sent them to me this afternoon, but I haven't any use for them, so I'm giving them back. <laughs> I haven't any use for them either. You must be Robert. It's a long time. I sort of forgot you. I'm warning you, Brasho. You're going to lay off me and my wife or I'll you break your... what? I'm getting out of here. Suit yourself, Mr. Dean. I have no intention of being mixed up in your hoodlum activities. Oh. <laughs> you have my ultimatum. Either you make restitution or suffer the consequences. The last time I got nothing to do with the hornet. I don't believe you. Oh, now what? Sonny. Yeah, let me in. That's the hornet's car out there. That's proof that you... Ah, shut here. up. Come on, Sonny, spill it. What are you doing here? I was on my way from the jail to the commissioner's office with a cop. The hornet drives up, knocks out the guard, and hustles me into his car. What's the idea? He doesn't want me to stand trial. Thinks I might put the finger on him. You got anything on him? No, I tried to tell him that. He just said to get out of town. You shouldn't have come here. I don't argue when somebody's holding a gun on me. He dumped me here, told me to get a car from you and scram. Okay, here's the keys to the coupe. Now, what about money? He gave me five grand. Got it right here. Wait a minute. That's my money. That's the same envelope he took from my safe. What are you talking Give about? Give it to him, Sonny. Here's some more for you. 
You're going to have to take out Roberts with you. What? That punk, Roberts. Put me on the spot once and he'll do it again if he gets a chance. See that he don't. Okay. I'll need a gun. Yeah. Here. Listen. That's the police. They're after you, Ed. They're after the Green Hornet. Nobody spotted me when I came in here. I'm leaving. You'll wait till they get past. They're stopping out in front. That's right. Miss Case spotted you, Edgar, and she stopped the police cars. In another minute, they'll be breaking the door down. Come on, Sonny, I'm leaving with you. Out the back way. We got him, Commissioner. Both Brasio and Edgar. We got him climbing into a car out in the back. Here they are. Ah, let's go. Well, Brasio, helping a prisoner escape breaks your parole wide open. You'll have a few years added to your stretch when you go back. This was a frame. You were here, Roberts. How about that? He gave Edgar money and the keys of his car. I saw it. Is that true, Mr. Dean? Why, uh... Oh, yes, it is. I made a great mistake. I should never have paroled him. Ah, you make me laugh. I paid him 5,000 bucks to parole me, and he's got the money on him right now. That's an outrageous lie. And what's more, I got the serial numbers of those bills. If I go back, you're going to keep me company. Commissioner, I can explain everything. You'll get your chance, Dean, before a grand jury. Let's go, men. All right. Well, that does it, Michael. Sonny Edgar captured Johnny Braggio on his way back to prison and Everett Dean accused of taking a bribe. Oh, Casey, think of an old hand like me walking out on the payoff. <laughs> oh, don't feel too badly. After all, I wouldn't have been there if it hadn't been for you, or would I? No, that's right. But talk about beginner's luck. Hello? Oh, Mr. Reed, where are you calling from? Well, are you... Oh, of course. Oh, good. I always say that when the police are looking for the Green Hornet, there's no place like home. <laughs> How right you are. I've just finished the follow-up story. The first extra is already on the street. Have you heard the headlines? Of oh, course, the... and congratulations. They make a nice ending to your story about the funeral spray. Yes, Mr. Reed. A nice ending for two nice people. Ted and Amy Roberts will live happily ever after. <laughs> Listen to this. You get a swell-looking model city when you buy the Betty Crocker cereal tray. A model city that looks just like real. You can cut it out and build it yourself. It has all kinds of buildings, houses, stores. In addition, there are cut-out automobiles, fences, storage sheds, awnings, and billboards. All this on just one Betty Crocker cereal tray. Still other houses, stores, and equipment come on other packages. The model city is easy to build, too. There's no pasting or gluing needed, and many slots are pre-cut. It's really easy and really fun. Just ask your grocer for the Betty Crocker cereal tray, the handy cereal package with all three of your breakfast favorites, Cheerios, Wheaties, and Kicks. Get yours now. You've been listening to The Green Hornet, brought to you by the Betty Crocker cereal tray. 
the cereal assortment of individual packages of Wheaties, Cheerios, and Kicks. My mother, your mother lived across the way. 1617 North Broadway. What a rope jumper. She never gets tired. She's feeling her Cheerios. Yes, Cheerios, the ready-to-eat breakfast cereal made from oats, richest of all cereal grains in vitamin B1. For energy-building nourishment that really helps to keep you going, start your breakfast every morning with Cheerios. They're so crisp, so tender, have such a grand toasted oat flavor, and they're shaped like tiny little donuts. That's Cheerios. Be with us again next week at the same time when General Mills will again present The Green Hornet. This copyrighted feature originates in Detroit, and all characters, places, and incidents used are fictitious. Hal Neal speaking. Tomorrow night at the same time over most of these same stations, the Lone Ranger fights for justice in Frontier Town in another thrilling adventure of the early West. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.